1: Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 15 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Ruthless, clinical, Man United have pretty much every football fan in the country angry with a brilliant 3-1 win away at Arsenal. And we're here to talk about that. That plus more coming up, including our regular extensive youth and loan roundup with an exciting new signing finally going through for the under-18s. Plus, we're previewing the Manchester derby next Sunday. Jack, one of the games of the season, no doubt. Best Premier League game of the season with, with very little competition. Um, an incredible game of football uh, for the neutral, s- standing in the away end, <laughs> was uh, was slightly tense. Um, but we've come away with uh, a big game win away from home, which hasn't happened before under Mourinho.
0: So many firsts in this game. It's gonna be the first time we've scored. Uh, make, is it at all away from home against the top six since Mourinho has come? Definitely the first time we've scored more than one. First time we got an early goal yeah. in one of these games. It was. So different to the script that I think we all thought it was going to follow. Yeah, very enjoyable game to watch. I'm sure as a neutral, same as you, as a as a United fan, I was tearing my hair out for the majority of the game. Um, I was I was watching it, and it was, almost every time Arsenal came forward, it felt like they were about to score. But the the main man in goal, David de Gea, proved yet again like keeping him such an important piece of business. He was absolutely sensational in goal. Him to thank in large part for that victory, but a very, very important victory nonetheless. Extremely important to get that monkey off our back a little bit of not having any wins away from home against the top six, especially going into probably the biggest game of the season this weekend against City as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, uh, a huge message to... Do it against one of the bigger teams, if, if probably the weakest of the big teams, but Arsenal have an incredible home record. And, um, I think they were unbeaten in 17 games at home. And we've, we've ruined that record, which is, which is always nice. Um, but I mean, just we came in, we won't talk about the Watford game because there's there's so much to talk about about the Arsenal game and we've got a preview city, but (laughs) we come in off the back of the Watford game, huge momentum boost. And that was a brilliant, a brilliant United sort of performance and, and three ridiculously quick goals. And then Jesse Lingard doing, I think what can only be described as uh bits at the end <laughs> with an incredible 80 yard solo goal. But you come in off that and produce just, just carry straight on um, two goals in 11 minutes. And yeah, you're right. We scored more goals in, in the first 11 minutes than in our previous eight away games against the top six side. Um, and the weird thing is, it, it in a way, it's, it's refreshingly and, and completely shockingly different to all the other performances away from home against the top six, but it, it's the same general idea. An absolutely storming start and then defend that lead. And yeah. it failed against Chelsea and Liverpool this season, but it worked so well. Yeah,
0: this is exactly what we all expected from our big game performances this season. It's be solid at the back. Obviously, we weren't quite as solid, uh, solid as we would have wanted to be conceded far too many chances and had to rely on De Gea to keep us in the game. But in general, this was the game plan we expected, to be solid at the back, to learn from what happened to us last season in a lot of cases and be more potent on the counter-attack, which we now can do. And also, I think what this showed so much, which is going to drop its head again this weekend against City, is just how much we missed Paul Pogba during those that stretch of tough games we had at, uh, around a month ago against Chelsea and uh, Spurs and Liverpool, where just that whole connection from back-to-front was not there. Um, Pogba offers us that in abundance. And this is the blueprint, I think, for how we will try and set up in big games going forward. I'd be interested to see how we set, set up against City at the weekend now that Pogba isn't there. But I think, I think the three at the back works very, very well because it allows us to have a little bit more support going forward, a, little, a few more bodies going forward on the counter-attack without leaving ourselves too exposed uh, when we lose the ball and the, the other team comes back at us. I think it was very, very... A very, very good performance. Um, obviously, a little bit lucky maybe not to concede more goals. We had to rely on De Gea at times. But the, the, the intent that we showed from the first minute was what was really pleasing to me because not only were we pressing high up the pitch, but every single time we got the ball, we looked to threat. Uh, and I, for the first 15, 20 minutes, we were good value for our lead as well. Obviously, after that, Arsenal were all over us. But in that first 15 or 20 minutes, we didn't really let Arsenal have any kind of dominant possession we controlled the game pretty well and then when we got our chances from those two mistakes we took them
1: it's not just about winning i mean we weren't the better team you couldn't say that quality of football in our counter-attacks was was brilliant high energy get the ball back and then proper genuine quality that touch and turn from martial the first two finishes are superb some of the one touch passing is, is ridiculous was strength um and, and composure and the cross and his feet for the third goal is brilliant it's it's not just about the fact that it's we were winning
0: credit so to lukaku for the second and third goals as well I, I didn't think he really got much of a shout out for that for that but the pass to Martial for the first goal when he's off balance having been pushed by mustafi was a brilliant um slide from pass yeah. and then the little layoff to lingard in the build-up to the third was absolutely brilliant he, he didn't have much service all day but not everything stuck to him um, and he still needs to improve on that but I thought he had his best game in a big game for sure and he was... I think his performance deserved a goal. It, yeah,
1: it's a strange... We'll move on to individual players in a second um, starting with Lingard and then De Gea but just on Lukaku it, it's, it's weird because some of his first touches needed to be so much better and he had to hold the ball up better. Yeah. For, I think there was a period of about 20-25 minutes where we were being utterly pummeled by Arsenal. Um and De Gea was keeping them out during that period with, with the double save from Lacazette. And that was a time when Lukaku's hold-up play was really, really poor. And he had to do much better because we kept losing the ball. We'd kick the ball up to him, he'd lose it, and then it would just come back and come back and come back. And probably a better attacking team than Arsenal would have scored, even though some of their players would, were playing really well. Um, but then his role in the two goals, in well in two of the three goals, it, it, it is absolutely huge. Um so overall his game wasn't that good, but then he did. He 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 was completely essential to two of the goals. Um and I guess we we've come out of that game, we're we're not title favourites, but that showed what we can do under Mourinho. Um I mean, A win and, and B piss off the entire footballing world.
0: <laughs> you know, back to where we where we belong, I think. Just pissing absolutely everyone off. Yeah. No matter what we do. Yeah, it was it was great to see everyone like that you know, I, there was a lot of plaudits for Arsenal after the game as well and the performance and maybe people saying that we got lucky, that we held on. But ultimately, I, I feel it, it would have been nice to hold Arsenal to a few less good shots than they actually had because it was worrying to see them get 33 shots off in the game and have to rely on De Gea as much as we did. But that—that that is the kind of blueprint for a Mourinho team playing away from home against the top side. It is You go there to... Be solid at the back. Obviously, that's what we need to improve on. You go there to be solid at the back and then hit them on the counter so that be ruthless when you get your chances. And I, I mean, maybe it was a little bit of a smash and grab, but I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people were kind of making out. But either way, it's just nice to, to have everyone be angry at us again.
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't think it is a smash and grab um, because it, it's certainly not a smash and grab in the way a lot of people sometimes mean it to be where United weren't good and got a win. It's, uh, it was a, a brilliantly effective performance and one where pretty much everyone did their job to perfection. Um, right. Let's go on to individual players. We've got a lot to get through. Um, some very, very impressive performance, starting with Jesse Lingard. It, it was a big debate whether I started with Lingard or started with David De Gea. Um, but we're going with Lingard partly because of the Watford game as well. Everything right against Watford. Absolutely everything right against Arsenal. His best week of his United career. And he once scored the winner in a cup final. So that's saying something. And, um, <laughs> it's just some, it's difficult to put into words how, how nice it is to see Jesse Lingard getting the plaudits, having constantly got hate from, from not just from United fans, but particularly from the rest of the football world and even from United fans, which is rare for United player. And it's so nice to him to see him getting the praise that he deserves.
0: One hundred percent. I thought, I mean, definitely Lingard's best best week of his career. Um, it would be hard to top this, honestly, for being so, so influential in both of the games this week, but particularly the Arsenal performance. I think it, we, we've said for a while. I think that Lingard is not your typical quote-unquote Manchester United player in his in his technical ability or Maybe in like the the level of talent that he has, but what he gives you is a, a willingness to to apt to work hard for ninety minutes, no matter what position he is put in. And in big games like that, when you need that kind of industry, you need that kind of energy up front. He gives us that in abundance. So I remember, I can't actually remember what game it was last last season. Um, it might have been the season before now, but there was a game where um, it was Martial and Lingard who played up front. I can't remember from the life of me what game, game it was. And I remember Gary Neville talking about it after the game, that it was refreshing to see United playing with two people up front. In Mar- it was Martial and Lingard that day, who who both could run in behind and had the energy and the pace to actually cause defenses problems going backwards towards their own goal after going through the season with I- Ibrahimovic. And that it was kind of that same thing again in this past week. It was so refreshing to see someone who had the willingness to just at- run at defences in... Pretty much whatever scenario he got the ball in. Uh, I mean, the, the goal against Watford, the fourth goal against Watford, was just a ridiculous goal uh, that you don't associate with Jesse Lingard. And the others, the goal that he ended up scoring all came from him as well. Chasing down Mustafi, winning the ball back, and then carrying on his run and getting getting on the end of it. He was sublime all day, carried out his, his duties perfectly. And to be honest with you, at the moment... You know, we spend what thirty odd million pounds on Henrik Mkhitaryan, and he can't get a look in at the moment right, because Jesse Lingard is keeping him out of the team. Yeah, and it is it, it's, it's
1: because it, Lingard is not as technically good as Mkhitaryan, and probably isn't as as good a player, but he is perfect for this Mourinho big game tactic, which we'll talk about more later. But it, it absolutely vital. It's not different tactics to the Chelsea and the Liverpool game, but Lingard and Pogba. In the team, changed the success of them from the front, pressing Lingard to Pogba and then Pogba back to Lingard, and we score. And back-to-back starts in the Premier League for the first time since April, and he he scores three goals. Um, and yeah, he you just do not expect to see from Lingard, even as as a massive fan of his. Um, so I, I imagine if you hate Jesse Lingard, seeing him do that against Watford, it must be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, he's he's made. Three starts this season now, eight appearances off the bench, scored three, assisted three, and he scored a goal with every 1.1 shot. He he only scores worldies, apart from that tapping against Arsenal, but he, he was hugely involved in that. Um He's in his best goal-scoring season. It's only December, and that return of, of three goals, three assists in 393 minutes of football is the same as Spurs' Christian Eriksen in four times the amount of time. Um, <laughs> and Ericsson is a, a, a very highly rated player who is admittedly out of form for the last few weeks, but is uh, is hugely rated in the Premier League. Whereas Lingard is, is not. He he is everything you want from a United player at the moment. Absolutely,
0: he fits so well into the system that Mourinho is trying to put in place as well. Because especially in these big games, having that willingness to work hard for ninety minutes is, is exactly the kind of player that Mourinho wants. And was partly why Martial was so out of favour last season. And he's kind of won Mourinho's trust back with that. But Lingard seems to be showing that he will just do a job, whatever whatever role he's given. And we may not like him all the time, and he he is frustrating sometimes because of you know maybe he's not as talented as some of the other players we have, and maybe he's keeping people out of the team. But when he's given us end product like this, and when he can put that end product into place with all the other things he has to his game, he is a real handful because his movement is up there with the best in our team for sure his, his movement has always been incredible it's just a case of actually improving that end product and he did that against Arsenal and did it perfectly
1: yeah hard working loving life as a United fan born and bred and and having success doing it um, <laughs> what more can you want um, right I, I would love to talk about Jesse Lingard for the next half an hour um, partly just to just to make the people who, who hate him sort of have to listen to us praising Jesse Lingard for the next half an hour. But, uh, <laughs> but we won't because there's someone else to move on to. And that's, um, that's the best goalkeeper in the world, David De Gea. Um, 14 saves in a single game, joint Premier League record. I like Football 365's description of that stat. They, <laughs> they wrote a, fr- <laughs> a frankly insulting 14 saves. Um, he is worth. Immeasurable points in a season, and and here is the reason we're currently in the title race and not outside the top four. The double save from Lacazette is, and and not just that one. <laughs> there were, there, I think, there were three occasions where I just watched De Gea and thought, Shit, like, how is that physically possible? Um, and that happens week in, week out.
0: Yeah, it's not definitely not the first time that we've seen anything like this, is it? But even for David De Gea, this was a special, special performance it was just almost every single minute there was a new save from David Hay, and it was ridiculous. Every time Arsenal came forward, I kept thinking, right, this is the one. This is the attack where they're actually going to score. And he he just kept pulling off save after save. The double save from Lacazette and Sanchez was absolutely sublime. The way he got down so quickly because he was moving to his left from that Lacazette original shot. So he then switch the way his body's moving, get a strong hand on that and then get up and block Sanchez's rebound was ridiculous. It was just so, yeah. It was almost every minute there was a new De hair save, and I was I was watching the game, and I just couldn't really believe it. Uh, what I was watching and fitting. It was kind of annoying in a way that he didn't end up getting a clean sheet because he definitely deserved one after that performance. Um, but I mean, it's just showing yet again how important he is to us and how important it was to keep hold of him for the last couple of summers because if we if we were, and this is no disrespect to Romero, who's been actually a good backup since he's come to United, but if we if we'd have had Romero in goal consistently for the last two seasons, I really don't know where we would be. At yeah. the
1: moment. I mean, he didn't get a clean sheet, but to concede one sh- one goal from thirty three shots is ridiculous stuff. Um, and that's not that that's not when the defense has been blocking all those shots. Our defense, what in in a way, our defense was was very good. And in a way, the fact that we let Arsenal have so many chances um, up until the of red card, when that's what you'd start to expect. Um, De Gea's, uh, has let in one goal from 33 shots, and that is completely down to the fault of his defenders who are, who are asking for offside, um, for about five minutes before Lacazette sticks it in. Um, it's, it's effect, I mean, most people who keep, keep a clean sheet do it from about five or six shots, and in a really, really tough clean sheet game, it's from 10 or 11 shots. De Gea makes 14 saves and as facing 33 shots and has conceded <laughs> yeah. one goal. It's, it's, it's astonishing stuff and he is very quickly cementing himself as, as the world's best keeper and I think a lot of people are starting to, to put him above Manuel Noy and I I think I did about a month ago for the very first time thought De Gea is the best in the world and I think a lot of people are now, are now thinking yes.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people just converted to, uh, to your, your uh, opinion of De Gea being the best in the world. I, I'm still I'm not sure, um, I'm still on the fence but... I mean, regardless of that, he's 100% the best goalkeeper in the Premier League and just so blessed. To have. I, I would say, I think De Gea is definitely the best shot stopper in the world. Um, I'll definitely say that. I'm not sure if he's overtaken Neuer just yet as the best overall goalkeeper, but as a pure shot stopper, I don't. I, I can't remember anyone being quite as good at De Gea as stopping all types of shots. There has been, you know, think about the Peter Schmeichel, was notoriously amazing at one-on-ones or... There was people who who were known for amazing diving or amazing positioning and reflexes, but Daheia seems to be able to do it. all. he doesn't really have a weakness when it comes to shot stopping, and especially you think back now, like he's almost unrecognisable from the person that he was when he first came to United. It's crazy that five or six years or what five years ago was it? Five or six years ago, I think, when he first came, that we were all wanting all wanted him to leave yeah. and, and we'd given up on him, but. I mean, it's just crazy now to think of the goalkeeper he is now from what he was
1: then. There are two world-class players at United, and one is De Gea, and the other one's Popper, and we'll talk about Popper straight after this. But yeah, it's that it's that feeling of safety that um, I remember with Van der Sar that I n- I never thought I'd I'd have from another goalkeeper, and yet De Gea is on a completely different level, yeah. even to Van der Sar, who was one of the great goalkeepers of his of his generation. And there's there's a lot of De Gea Schmeichel debates going around this week, and we we don't actually have time to do that. And given that we we both <laughs> remember very little of Schmeichel at the time, probably wouldn't be fair. But um yeah, to to even to even be compared to Peter Schmeichel at Man United is is a ridiculous feat. And to have people saying you're better than Schmeichel is is ridiculous from De Gea, and that, and that shows just how good he is. But Paul Pogba. I mean, the the red card leaves a, leaves a bitter taste. But before that, for the first 74 minutes before that slightly stupid and slightly unfortunate um, tackle, um, absolutely astonishing stuff. Um, what, what a player.
0: This was arguably, I would say, Pogba's best performance in a United shirt because he's had games where I think maybe he's, he's had the ball more and been able to show off more of his technical ability. But in a big game, this is exactly what we wanted Pogba to do. For, I and mean, this is exactly why we thought we were, we were going to miss him so much, and it's just proved what we were saying right in that he is the absolute key to us stringing together defence to attack and actually being able to mount meaningful attacks at regular intervals. Because without Pogba in the team yesterday, there was no one who was able to consistently get the ball into the feet of Lukaku and Martial and Lingard and actually put us on the counter attack. And he I mean his run for the third goal was ridiculous. The way he absolutely schooled Cashelni by just he it wasn't even skills; it was just pure strength to musclehelni at the pace to actually get up with, in support of Lingard in the first place he he was absolutely sublime all day the one The one blot I would say is that he let Ramsey run off him for the goal, but for everything else that he uh, that he gave us, we can excuse him that I think. What a player! And what a miss he's going to be on yeah, Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I played a part in in their goal, but um, some of the stuff he was doing and there's a bit that's not on the highlights. Um, but right in front of the of the United away corner, um, sort of just a few yards further down the pitch, you get this lot this long ball pinged over by someone. I can't remember who played it, and uh, probably controls it first time with a Ronaldo chop and I just sort of dropped to the floor in in astonishment at how good he is um with his feet and there's there's that but there's also just completely crucial in the the transition we had between counter attacking football and sitting back and he like Jesse Lingard is completely essential to to the Mourinho big game tactic and it's probably why it failed against Chelsea and Liverpool the absence of those two players even though there are other reasons um Calm on the ball, stunningly good feet, the passing range, the ability to basically play as a winger as well as a midfielder. I mean, we've said it before and we'll say it again, completely unique player in football. Um, not necessarily the best, but up there with the best and utterly unique.
0: Completely, I don't think there's a, there's a player that has a skill set, anything like what Paul Pogba has. Just the combination of skills and, and physical attributes as well that he has is quite frankly just ridiculous. And as a midfielder he does have an almost complete game. I still think he needs to improve maybe slightly defensively, but I mean, in general, going forward, he has been, for this whole season, to be honest, he has been absolutely ridiculous in how good he's been. And the Arsenal game, I think, was really important for him and for United fans to see that he can do it in big games because that's been maybe the one the one fair criticism you could have of Pogba since he's come to United, is that he has struggled in a few big games, but he really took the entire game by the scruff of the neck against Arsenal and he whenever we got the ball he completely ran the show and it wasn't it wasn't just get the ball passed sideways pass backwards you know get a nice pass completion rate it was incisive passing taking the ball forward and actually creating meaningful opportunities that ended up well one of them obviously directly led to a goal to uh, another one for, for Valencia he was just instrumental all day. Um, yeah, it was just a joy to watch him play and, and completely
1: dominate in the field. Yeah, the the second assist from him, um, the third goal for United. <sighs> I mean, Lukaku does well to hold it for Lingard and he does well to give it to Pogba and, and Lingard's pressing is, is the reason we get the ball. But this is what I mean about playing as a winger. Holds off Koscielny, rounds him in the box. He doesn't, not even with his pace, rounds Koscielny in the box just with his strength and just with his footwork. The composure and the skill to do that is is world class. It's It's... 89 million pounds worth of, of brilliance. Right. I can, I can see the time going up very quickly. It's very easy to talk about, <laughs> to, to talk about United after a big game win. Um, Victor Lindelof, not that not, not a dominating performance, you wouldn't say, and, and not one that reminded you of, of, of Rio or Vidic, not one where he was a center of attention with what he was doing. It was De Gea, but Lindelof, a third Premier League game in a row. Where he, which he, he was very good in, um, had to show really, like, very, very disciplined um, playing the the sort of anda Herrera against Eden Hazard or the Phil Jones against Cristiano Ronaldo role of, of basically marking Alexis Sanchez permanently. And I mean, Alexis made a few chances, but he he lost the ball thirty four times on on Saturday. Majority down to Lindelof. Very good three recent performances.
0: Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I. I actually tweeted about this during the game yesterday that Lindelof has quietly gone about his business very, very well in the last few days, in the last few games, sorry. Um, and yeah, against against Arsenal, it wasn't, like like you said, it wasn't a uh, a dominating performance and it wasn't probably one that will live in the memory for too long, but in a back three with two centre-backs next to him who have a, a reputation as being slightly rash in Smalling and Rojo... Um, Lindelof was very, very calm. I thought he dealt with Alexis very, very well. What I really liked about him is that he was aggressive with Alexis. He didn't, he wasn't afraid of stepping out with Alexis when he went wandering. Whenever Alexis picked up the ball, no matter where he ended up going, even even if he forced in 20 yards back, he would stay with him that whole way. And I really liked that from Lindelof. The last three games, for his confidence, it would do him the world of good, not only to have started three games in a row in the Premier League for the first time, but just to be able to put in solid performances And I I guess know that he does actually have a place in this team because he absolutely does. There is a reason why we signed Lindelof. You know, like Mourinho has obviously seen something there. And I think we've started to see in the last few games what what it is. Not only is he comfortable on the ball, but once he gets a little bit of confidence in him, I think he is a very good defender, especially in one-on-one. Yeah,
1: and he's he's showing he's also very... In a game where we needed composure, um, which we mainly got from Pogba, um, Lindelof is showing he also has that. Um We mentioned it a bit earlier, but Mourinho big game tactics. It, it wasn't actually that different from the Chelsea game, from the Liverpool game. But I think the big game lineup, um, and the the specific big game tactics is now very much sorted for away games. The the wing backs of, of Valencia are young for for width and pace. The quick one touch attacks right through the middle, stretch the defence. Use Lingard. Pressing very high when when it's needed, but then sitting back once we've got that lead, and, and we kind of showed that game against Watford and mastered it completely against Arsenal.
0: Yeah, th- this is the tactic moving forward, whether we like it or not. I think this is what Mourinho has been going for all season, and now that he's finally got it, there's no way he's deviating from it now. I think, and and we do have, I think, the right players to make it work, which we which we saw against Arsenal. You know, we had we had some the games against Liverpool and Chelsea. We had a few t- a few chances to, uh, to, you know, to try and make it work, but we just weren't able to. And I think now, Marino has found the combinations that are going to serve him best to try and make that system work over and over again. Lukaku up front still needs to work on his hold up play, like we said earlier. But ultimately, he does have the physical attributes to be able to make it work, and he does have some nice touches in and um, when he when he does have his back to goal, like we saw for the third goal against Arsenal. And then you have any combination of Martial, Lingard, Rashford uh, supporting him, Valencia and Young as wing uh, backs who both just, sorry, just quick shout-out to them as well. We're not going to have time to go too in-depth on them, but another excellent game for both of them, uh, both having excellent seasons. Valencia kind of staying his consistent best, as he has done for the last couple of seasons. But Ashley Young just continues to surprise me every single time he comes on the pitch. Um, and and rightfully given a big hug by Mourinho when he came off.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it says something about the Arsenal game that we have the the most we can say on Ashley Young's two ridiculous goals against Watford, um is is this. Um but just incredible two goals, um on the half volley and then that free kick and, and a brilliant performance from him. Um but yeah, a very good week for United. We better move on to to Manchester City and CSK Moscow games after after the UFO loan round Man United have confirmed the signing of French midfielder Aliou Traoré, having been waiting for international clearance since July. He's a powerful box-to-box midfielder, he used to play for Paris Saint-Germain, and has joined the Reds. We knew he was joining in the summer, but have had to wait until now for confirmation, and he made his debut against Wolves for the under-18s as United were beaten 3-2. United's goals coming from Mason Greenwood and Damani Bugail-Melor. The under-23s beat Celtic 2-0 in the Premier League International Cup as well on Saturday with a double from James Wilson, who's having a fantastic season for the reserves. Right, CSK Moscow on Tuesday night, Champions League. We're basically qualified, but we, we won't be putting out a very weak team because we're not literally qualified. Um, but we'll we'll blaze over this game very quickly because focus is on the Manchester derby on Sunday. Um, we'll start off with a, with an interesting question we got from Ian. At Zeus the pool dog who said if Pep and Josie had taken each other's jobs instead, which of the Van Hal era players would Pep have still kept playing? He thinks only David De Gea. um definitely Rashford and Martial. I think Guardiola would would very much enjoy working with both of those. It's it's an interesting question. Of the Van Hall era players, you're you're not looking at many, but I mean we, we spoke very briefly about it before we started recording and, and we thought Ashley Young um could could have a role in a, in a Guardiola United side.
0: Yeah, I think Ashley Young could. Um, or be compared into Fabian Delft before the episode started, I think he could play a very similar kind of I guess utility role as it were. Uh thinking about it now, also I'm thinking maybe Valencia as well. Um, just as sort of a squad I don't think Valencia's style of play is that different from Kyle Walker, to be honest. Um and he seems to be fitting well with Guardiola's system. Um I think I think the big thing for Guardiola is he wants he would want people who do have some level of technical ability, but also people that he could coach. So I also wonder whether he would maybe try to keep Luke Shaw as well. Um, just depending, I guess, on, on his fitness, which we still don't really know that much about. But I think it would the team would look very different if Guardiola had taken over. But I think it's just, it's not necessarily better or worse, it's just a completely different way of trying to go about the game. Yeah,
1: um, it would be a very different team. Um, that's for certain. But, I mean, we could go more in-depth to that, but <laughs> just so much to talk about the, the Manchester derby itself um, coming into it in a very good way at home um, but wouldn't be surprised to see very similar tactics to, to away at Arsenal just because I, I feel like City could well be playing like the the home team with 13 wins on in a row in the Premier League
0: yeah it's going to be a very tough game against City I think you know we we spoke about this a little bit before but uh, in the, uh, the last episode I think it was when City came to Old Trafford at the start of last season And Mourinho tried to go toe-to-toe with Guardiola in that game. And we were outclassed um, massively that day. And so I don't see anything like that happening again. I think it's going to be all City with most of the ball playing as if they are at the Etihad and us trying to do what we did to Arsenal and play on the break. But without Pogba and against a much better side than Arsenal, no disrespect to Arsenal, but uh, I I can't see it going too well, honestly.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm confident, but I am I am a lot more confident than this time a week ago when we'd when we'd been seeing off smaller teams. Yeah,
0: and, and this has this has probably also been City's worst week of the season as well. Even though they've still got three wins out of three, so it's really not been that bad. But I think still maybe, maybe there's been some sort of chink in the armor shown up potentially this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> and West Ham holding City to a two-one win for four City. Um. And showing that even West Ham can score against City is a is a demonstration of what yeah. we might be able to do if um, if we really put it out. But Pogba, a absolutely monumental miss, um, um, and it's it's going to be difficult without him. Um, I mean, we didn't actually mention the Pogba red card in the Arsenal chat. Um, a red card, but a three match ban for basically an accidental challenge on, on someone's thigh because Bellerin went into the tackle very very unconventionally is, is harsh but you can very easily see why it was a red card because studs up on it
0: Oh a yeah, it was definitely a red card it, 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 I mean maybe I, I tweeted this after the game that I think it, maybe it's a little unfortunate for Pogba because I don't think there is he does go in with any kind of malicious intent but ultimately you go in with your studs up, you're asking for trouble the three match ban is frustrating but that's just the way the rules are, um, unfortunately, and you just got to deal with it. I think it was the right decision for a red card. Um, it's just so frustrating that he's managed to get a red card at such an important time of the season when I genuinely don't think he went into the challenge thinking, I need to go studs up here to hurt Bellerin or whatever. I think it was just, that is how he goes in for a lot of challenges and this time it, it didn't work out.
1: Yeah, right. Score prediction for the for the derby?
0: 2-1 loss.
1: 2-1 loss. I'm going to go for an entertaining two-two draw, and regret it very soon after when it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's difficult to see us holding out against City, which which is yeah. why I'm sort of not going for for a nil-nil. But at the same time, uh, we can score against City. It's just whether we can score too. But we we showed this Arsenal game has given me confidence that we can do that against the big team. And hopefully it doesn't now all fall apart after that. But a, a packed episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, Series 3, Episode 15. Um, so much to talk about, so much more we could have spoken about. But um, that shows how good a week it's been for United, for, and for particularly for Jesse Lingard and for David De Gea. Um, an absolutely astonishing performance from him. Brilliant from Lingard, brilliant from Young, brilliant from so many players. Um, but thank you very much for listening as always for more thoughts from us throughout the week you can follow Jack at at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can follow me at at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end thank you as always for listening have a great week goodbye